The two major companies making and selling chips using the x86 instruction set are some of the most prominent in the tech community, Intel and AMD. In 2020, Intel sold $20 billion worth of processors to China. AMD had $2.3 billion. Both figures are on par with or higher than what those companies make from the United States. China is a massive market for these two, and China knows it too. So it is interesting to see some Chinese companies coming out with homegrown x86 processors of their own. Is a domestic swap in the works? How did China acquire x86 technologies in the first place? The whole thing is worth looking into, to say the least, so I thought I'd do a video about it. But first, I would like to ask you if you might be interested in the Patreon. If you like what this channel does, you can support the work by joining the Early Access tier. Early Access members get to see videos before they are released to the public. So head on over to the Patreon page and take a look. I deeply appreciate anything you'd be able to sign up for. Thank you, and on with the show. We hear it a lot, and we are hearing it a lot more now with Apple releasing their own chips. There are ARM chips, and there are x86 chips, even RISC-V chips. They all seem to be different, but in what way? I don't want to go too deep into this, but x86 is a brand name that refers to a family of instruction set architectures, or ISA. A chip design company takes an instruction set like x86 or ARM and implements it to create a CPU microarchitecture. That then can lead to a family of chips. Different companies can share instruction sets, but still end up with radically different designs. Intel's and AMD's x86 implementations are different and thus perform very differently, despite using the same instruction set. Likewise, Apple's self-developed ARM chips perform differently from other chips using the ARM instruction set. Intel first developed and popularized x86, but for various reasons had to license it out to other companies for second source and anti-competitive reasons. AMD is the most famous of these companies with a core license, the subject of many years of legal battles. ARM the company, on the other hand, follows a different paradigm, and is in the business of licensing out its IP to other companies. Those companies can then make and sell chips of their own for use in devices. Often those devices are smartphones, IoT gadgets, and more. As of today, most of the CPUs for PCs, game consoles, and servers are x86 CPUs. They have a reputation for handling compute-intensive tasks and drive 481 of the world's top 500 computers, though only one of the top five. Regardless, they are a shining example of an American technology now made the global standard. And that is China's problem with it. China has long been interested in developing domestic alternatives to American technologies. Lately, more so. There are a number of reasons for this. First, the Edward Snowden revelations with regards to American spying on foreign allies and competitors set off a lot of alarm bells around the world. People are looking a lot harder at implementing American technologies in critical use cases. Second, the recognition of increasing competition between itself and the United States. In the wake of the Sino-Soviet split, the US and China opened up to each other. This age has now passed. Now there is increased tension between the two countries. Third, the desire for China to have homegrown national champions in critical points of industry like high-speed rail, solar, space, and now computer chips. It is a point of national and patriotic pride of which China has a healthy dose. The country has founded various initiatives to take the lead in those areas. Some areas they have succeeded, others the jury is still out. And lastly, the Trump administration's move to cut off some national champions like Huawei from access to American technologies 
has spurred on the country's worst fears. So China is looking to have domestic, homegrown x86 chips at their disposal to supply their massive user base if that worst case were to ever happen. There are two distinct lineages of x86 homegrown chips available in the Chinese market, Zaoxin and Haigong. The two owe their existence to different circumstances. Zaoxin is the older of the two lineages, and probably the one with better future prospects. They have been releasing CPUs since 2014, marketing them as being domestically made. Zaoxin is a fabless semiconductor joint venture between the Shanghai Municipal Government and a Taiwanese company called Via Technologies. Via is affiliated with Chemicals Titan Formosa Plastics. They make chipsets, motherboards, and CPUs. Via is one of those rare companies with an x86 architectural license. They got it with the 1999 purchases of Cyrix, then the microprocessor subsidiary of National Semiconductor, and Centaur Technologies. When Via acquired Centaur, which at the time was losing millions of dollars a month, they kicked off a long patent battle with Intel that ended with a 10-year cross-license agreement in 2003. In 2013, they got a 3-year grace period. That grace period should have been up by now, but I have not been able to dig up anything afterwards, which is a little strange. The Zhaoxin architectures are into their 6th generation now, and are direct descendants of Centaur Technologies' work. Wikichip believes that the 2015's third generation ZXC or Zhangjiang architecture is identical to Centaur's Isaiah 2. They have done tests on the latest Daoxin generation of SOCs available on the market, which are, as of this writing, the sixth generation Lu Jiazui. These tests find that performance-wise, the chips are about four to eight years behind the latest American design contemporaries. Power usage-wise, they use less power than a traditional desktop chip, probably reflecting their mobile and IoT roots. All in all, good enough to serve China's needs on the low end. You can probably stick it into a pre-M1 MacBook Air and not skip a beat. Foundries matter in this regard too. Zhaoxin, a fabless company, fabbed Lu Jiazui on TSMC. For the same national security reasons, Zhaoxin has been trying to switch away from TSMC to a mainland alternative like SMIC. This is likely causing some delays and performance loss. Zhaoxin has also recently announced their intention to move into the discrete GPU space. That is interesting and worth keeping an eye on in the near future. The second of China's x86 joint venture initiatives comes at the behest of the other big x86 license holder, AMD. In 2015, AMD formed a joint venture to provide the Chinese market with a version of its Zen 1 x86 chips that can properly be called Chinese. At the time, AMD was on its back heels. Its stock was at $3, and it carried a substantial amount of debt. The JV would have paid them something north of $200 million. But the company knew the value of its IP and structured the joint venture in a way that it thought would best control the crown jewels, while at the same time allowing the Chinese to call the chips homegrown for their big press release. They did this with a two-layer joint venture collectively called Tianjin Haiguang Advanced Technology Investment Co. Limited, or FATIC. The Chinese partners in the joint venture are a number of Chinese private and public organizations like the Chinese Academy of Sciences. The first part of FATIC, a joint venture 51% owned by AMD called Haiguang Microelectronics. The second was Chengdu Haiguang Integrated Circuit Design Company, or Haigong. AMD only owns 30% of Haigong. The way the transfer of technology and knowledge between HMC and Haigong was set up 
allowed AMD to navigate between the many requirements of the various parties. First, AMD created IP for a special x86 server chip that was handed off to HMC, which is the 51% owned subsidiary. AMD has majority control of HMC, so technically within regulations, and a lot of the workers working there on the tech are AMD employees. HMC takes off certain sensitive elements of the chip and then hands what is left to Haikong. Haikong makes changes and updates of their own, including designing the top-level architecture for the chip. The chip is then handed back to HMC, and thus AMD, who approves of it, finishes it off, and then sends it to Global Foundries for fabbing. After that, they are given to Haikong for packaging and sale. The Wall Street Journal did a story about this event that got a whole lot of pushback from the semiconductor community. AMD has said about that story that they briefed the Department of Defense, Commerce, and other arms of the US government, and got the green light to go ahead. That might be, but the story does note that while the Treasury Department ultimately agreed with AMD, the Department of Defense did not. AMD told the US government that the chips would be used strictly for commercial purposes. But in China, job postings and press interviews implied that the chips will go into new exascale supercomputers. And it is a complicated system. While it seems to have been designed in such a complicated manner, so to allow the Chinese their PR headline, its complexity can also make detecting inadvertent technology transfers more difficult. So it is understandable that people can have their suspicions. For what it is worth, my opinion of this setup is that it seems to adhere to the best practices in managing foreign technology joint ventures. Keep the best and most valuable parts away from the partner and give them only your older technologies. Some semiconductor tech articles, though, have tried to make it seem like that there's nothing to worry about thanks to this joint venture system. I wouldn't go that far. In 2019, Thatic was placed on an entity list and AMD agreed not to enter into any more technology transfers. AMD has long ago moved on and is now selling its fourth generation Zen 3. Chinese consumers are right now able to buy a far better x86 processor off the shelf, and they likely will, so long it is available to them. Thatic still has the original IP from the original joint venture, but that appears to be all for now. WCCF Tech says that the design would be hard to steal. In other words, backwards engineering technology or porting it to a foundry other than the US-based global foundries would not be practical. But let's see what happens down the line. x86 still holds a strong place in the tech community, and Intel has leveraged that to great benefit. It is interesting to me that in their Foundry 2.0 announcement, they said that they might be opening up x86 IP to Foundry customers. I'm curious to see where they are going with that. Will Chinese fabless companies be allowed to create x86 chips using Intel Foundry 2.0? Will the Americans let them? Considering x86's perceived value and the importance of technology transfer to national catch-up strategies in China, Korea, Taiwan, and Japan, I think it is natural for Americans to see these Chinese x86 chips with some alarm. If you're not American, then I bet you probably don't care and are just stoked to buy cheap Chinese x86 chips. Feel free to comment so below. I suppose if you are Intel and AMD, there is some concern to be had. After all, these are direct competitors. But if your anxieties were centered on the loss of American semiconductor leadership to Asia, then I'm not so sure that these concerns will come to a fruition through x86. For there is something else also to acknowledge when it comes to x86. It's not so heads and shoulders above the crowd as it used to be. ARM is starting to make headway in areas once considered to be x86's sole domain, 
including desktops and servers. And more importantly, in China, x86 development is a niche industry within China's indigenous semiconductor efforts. Whatever Chinese companies make in that area is for its own consumption. Those chips likely can't be exported abroad for fear of litigation and aren't competitive anyway. For China, ARM is where it is at. Today, it is estimated that 95% of computer chips designed in China are ARM-based. And if it isn't ARM, then it is RISC-V, the new open-source instruction set. Development for that is backed by major players like Alibaba Cloud. High Silicon 2 has been doing some interesting things there, having released its first chip of that type. So to sum it up, x86 matters and these Chinese chips are very interesting. But in the end, they still lag many years behind their American-made competitors, and I doubt these chips are going to be a massive deal. So long as Intel's and AMD's chips can still be found on Chinese shelves, that is. And of course, that cannot always be a given. Thanks for watching, that's it for now. If you want more content, you can like and subscribe to the channel. I would like it if you did. And remember to hit up the email newsletter and sign up. Want to send me an email? Drop me a line at john at asianometry.com. I love getting letters from viewers. Until next time, I'll see you guys later.